Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In November 1940, days after the Nazis sealed 450,000 Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto, a secret band of journalists, scholars, and community leaders decided to fight back. Led by historian Emanuel Ringelblum and known by the codename Oneg Shabazz, a clandestine group of journalists, scholars, and community leaders in the Warsaw Ghetto vowed to defeat Nazi lies and propaganda, not with guns or fists, but with pen and paper. For the first time, their story is told in the documentary Who Will Write Our History, featuring the voices of three-time Academy Award nominee Joan Allen and Academy Award winner Adrian Brody. And we are joined today by the writer, director, and producer of this terrific documentary called Who Will Write Our History, and that's Roberta Grossman. Roberta, welcome back to film school. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is a film that is it's a very powerful film. And, uh, I mean, its power comes from these very personal and, and dramatic writings by this group of somewhere, I think, the neighborhood of about 60 or so journalists and scholars who were essentially right. sealed off in the Warsaw Ghetto in 1940, so it, it, it this incredibly difficult and insanely evil uh, situation, um, they found themselves and they decided to to make this. They made this decision to go forward with this, this really a cry for the world to know what they were going through and hopefully what the world would never forget. So tell me a little bit about how you came up upon this and decided you wanted to make a documentary about it. Sure. So about seven years ago, maybe eight, I read Sam Cassow's book of the same title, Who Will Write Our History, which is an incredible work of, of uh, historical rescue. He himself spent 12 years researching and writing um, the book. And my reaction to the book was actually outrage, because I couldn't believe that, uh, as somebody who spent a lot of time reading and learning about the Holocaust, that I had never heard about the Anikshah. Mm-hmm. And I felt that was uh, something that I had to try to correct. Um, and film is a great way to put the story uh, in the hearts and minds of hopefully millions of people around the world. Well, right, you're absolutely right. Your history of of uh, documenting what took place in World War II and the Holocaust is well known. I just want to, for people who um, may not know you, uh, Blessed is the Match, the uh, Life and Death of Hannah Sinesh was one of your first documentaries. You have been an outspoken in terms of, or as far as as an artist, you have really put yourself uh, into this story of what happened and why, and, and as history teaches us lessons uh, from all of that. Tell, tell me sort of the major challenges for you in terms of moving forward with this particular project, logistically getting just, how was that? How, how did you get sort of going into uh, this particular project? I, I think the biggest challenge in making this film was the enormous amount of material, as you mentioned, very, very powerful writing from uh, not only the 60 members of the Anik Shabbos, but they collected uh, diaries of other people, uh, essays, 
Uh, Emmanuel Winkelblum wanted to get the perspective of as many people as possible. He he had uh, underground schools for kids. He had kids, kids write essays about their experiences during the war. Those are in the archive. So the writing is so remarkable, so powerful. There's, there's a really big difference between survivor testimony, which is incredible, incredibly important, but an eyewitness test, testimony when people are writing about what is happening day by day, um, minute by minute. Uh, it has a power to it. And many of the people that Ringo Bloom brought in were accomplished writers before the war. So the biggest challenge for me was figuring out what to leave out. There's another part of this as well, knowing the history, and, and the film does a, a wonderful job of giving us the context of what happened in the Warsaw Ghetto. Throughout the film, we're, we're given more and more about how just how venal and awful the, the Germans were in terms of their ratcheting up the pain and misery uh, of these people distance years of since the end of world war ii there is this always this fear or this concern that we will somehow lose sight of just how thorough and horrific this situation was in world war ii and a film like yours comes along and once again sort of paints in some of the some of the areas where we may not quite understand how just how it was for these people. And this is something that you know, a film like Who Will Write Our History is is about, is, is, is addressing that those concerns? I think that Who Will Write Our History addresses something very personal and okay. something very global. And the personal is that the members of the Onik Shabbos, when they realized that very few people would survive, they wanted two things. They wanted the history of the war and the history of the Jewish experience during the war to be told from the Jewish point of view, not from the point of view of their murderous enemy. Um, and the second thing was that they wanted to be remembered as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I think a film, the film, I hope that when people sit in the theater and watch the film, they're honoring these brave spiritual resistors who were risking their life um, for the truth, um, that, that they will realize that just by sitting and watching the film, they're fulfilling the wishes of the members of the Onik Shabbos, that they're, they're hearing the story of the war from the Jewish point of view, yeah. and they're getting to know, in part, in some small way, um, the individuals who were in the Onik Shabbos. Yeah. In terms of, if you're talking about the current moment, there was no way that I could have known seven years ago that we would be in the, in the place that we're in now, where uh, nationalism, right-wing nationalism is ascendant, and journalists are being killed, and uh, the whole no notion that truth is not the truth, um, and journalists and newspapers of impeccable reputation are being accused of being fake news, and on and on and on. So I think it's powerful to see uh, a film, to hear a story, to learn about people who risk their lives um, for the truth. Yeah. I remind our listeners, we're speaking with Roberta Grossman. She's the writer, producer, and director of the new film, Who Will Write Our History. This is a film also that for people who are interested, they can go to that website, whowillwriteourhistory.com, to find out more about it. And, and also about the... Uh, there's a couple of premieres coming up. They'll premiere here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Music Hall, February 
first through the seventh, as well as the Lemley Town Center. I believe that's in Encino. And also there's a global event. Tell us a little bit about uh, what's coming up for Who Will Write Our History on, on uh, January 27th. Well, January 27th uh, is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. In the United States and Israel, we commemorate the Holocaust uh, on Yom HaShoah, which is in April, and it's tied to the uh, Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, which happened in April. But International Holocaust Remembrance Day takes place on the day that Auschwitz was liberated. Um, And what's happening is we're having truly an unprecedented global screening event. At this moment, we have... 235 screenings in over 40 countries, many of which are going to be connected afterwards through Facebook Live, um, um, participating in or watching the post-screening discussion that's going to be happening after the screening at UNESCO headquarters in Paris. The discussion will be with me, Sam Castow, the author of the book, and Nancy Spielberg, the executive producer, moderated by Stephen Smith, who is the uh, ED executive director of the Shoah Foundation, so the USC Shoah Foundation. Mm. So the response has been remarkable. I mean, every day more coming in um, uh, from countries far and wide. And and we have had these tremendous partners who are national, international organizations that have come on board to participate in this global event, and it's been... um, it's been very gratifying to know that the film really will be seen by hundreds of thousands of people around the world. That's that's a fantastic. Uh, um, that's quite a remarkable event being put together. That is on January twenty seventh, um, and and yeah. people can go to the website um, right. and uh, whowriterhistory.com dot com and click on one twenty seven event. Mm-hmm. And find or one twenty seven screenings and find screenings if there are any near you. Mm-hmm. People can also uh, go on the film's Facebook page on that day, and there will be all kinds of content, um, including Nancy Spielberg and myself um, talking with, answering questions, um, and then the as I mentioned, the the post screening discussion will be streamed on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. So there's an opportunity, even if there's not a screening, to engage with the material. Mm-hmm. I want to just go back a, a, a little bit here and talk about the actual documents that were found that, that from uh, Noah Neg Shabazz in terms of what were they writing about? I mean, it was a day-to-day, obviously day-to-day uh, events. Uh, there were posters of, of theatrical events that were, that the arts continued as, as long as it was possible within within the ghetto, but to sort of give us a sort of a broad outline of the kind of document, and if there's uh, one or two that you think either you're, you're particularly attached to or or you think illustrates so much of what was happening at that time, uh, please talk about those, but just sort of a broad outline of the, the actual documents that, that are in the archive. So the Onyx Shabbos archive is the largest eyewitness um, collection to survive the war. By far. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many diaries. You know, the world has been transfixed, and rightly so, by the diary of Anne Frank um, for, you know, however many decades. There are, I think, dozens, if not hundreds of diaries in, in the Onyx Shabbos archive. Hundreds is probably an exaggeration, but there are dozens of, of, uh, of, 
of diaries in the Onik Shabbos archive. They're, Ringo Bloom, they had, it was a very sophisticated research institution, and they solicited uh, essays on specific uh, story, on specific topics. For example, life in the street, or how women uh, were, were really the ones who were holding the social fabric together. Uh, about the soup kitchens, mm-hmm. about prostitutes, about the Jewish police, um, about typhus, about hunger, everything. And the writing uh, is so immediate and so powerful. Um, in terms of what I, there's also, they also, in, terms, in addition to writing, which there's a lot of, they also collected um, ephemeral, they, any, it, uh, bus tickets, with the, right. because there was only one bus that went through the ghetto. Um, uh, the food ration stamps, which showed that the calories that people were taking in with the official rations were something like 300 calories a day, so it really was a plan to starve the Jews to death. There's one, um, there's a uh, a door sign for an apartment that shows this complicated system of you know, for this family, ring you know, ring this this many times. For that family, ring this many times. And it shows that the ghetto was so crowded that six families are living together in one apartment. Um, there are paintings by uh, artist Gela Sexton. Yeah. There is a, a, a flyer that was posted all over the ghetto um, before the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, basically saying, Jews, don't go... You know, don't go volunteer. Don't go easily to the slaughter. Rise up, rise up with your fists, with whatever you have at hand. I mean, that's very powerful. Yeah. There's a German uh, poster that, uh, notice that was put up during the Great Deportation, which was eight weeks in which and four hundred thousand people were shipped to their deaths uh, to to Treblinka from the ghetto. And there was so, the smuggling that kept the ghetto alive because obviously people couldn't leave on, uh, live on that 300 calories a day from the official r- rations. There was extensive smuggling uh, networks, and that's what really kept the ghetto alive, but that was completely disrupted during the Great Deportation. So there was terrible, terrible hunger. Mm. And what the poster said, what the German pronouncement said, is that er- anyone who voluntarily, voluntarily showed up at the train would be given this amount, you know, loaf of bread and three kilos of jam, something to that effect. And people were so hungry that they self, you know, that they voluntarily showed up to be deported just to get the bread and jam. It's just, it's just such a, just a mosaic of just completely hideous evil. It's just, it's unfathomable, but it is fathomable, unfortunately. And one of the things about, I just as sort of a viewer of the film, that the film opens with kind of an exposition of the situation and how and why and the different people involved. But as the film goes on, it picks up this power. It just the film it just becomes increasingly more powerful because you are getting to know the people involved in in Oneg Shabazz, and then also just the circumstances and the tightening of the sort of uh, the restrictions and the things that are happening. The film it just sort of builds and builds and builds, and um, I it's just a very powerful film, and I. 
I, I just, uh, I don't know how you could watch this without being moved. It, it, and you, you have some wonderful people, collaborators here in, in terms of Joan Allen and Adrian Brody who provide the voiceovers for uh, for some of the people here. And it, it just, uh, I'm so honored that you, I mean, this is just a wonderful film. And I'm really, truly Thank honored. You. Yeah. That uh, you, you were uh, you you once again have stepped up to tell a story that needs to be told and um, uh, congratulations on all of it and this the, this event Thank you. yeah I I really uh, uh, I, I'm great things will I'm sure come from this uh, this global event on the 27th but for people who so. yeah but for people who here in the Los Angeles area on February. First, you'll have the opportunity to see it at the Lemley Music Hall right there, I believe, on Wilshire, as well as the Lemley uh, Town Center in Encino. And then, again, check the website, whowillwriteourhistory.com, to keep apprised of other events. So there's a whole lot of information on the website. Any final thoughts, anything you want to leave us with, Roberta? I encourage people um, to like the film on Facebook, Who Will Write Our History on Facebook, um, because that way you can keep up with uh if you're interested you can find out where the film is screening and when events are announced um, and that's really helpful to us because we don't have an advertising budget so when people like like the film on facebook it really helps us a lot helps spread the word about the film oh great okay and also in lemley's we're going to be doing q a's the first weekend I know you probably wanted something profound, um, but I, <laughs> no. I, I, I ended with something practical. No, that's good. I'm absolutely happy with that. You also have a Twitter account for the for the film as well, but Facebook, go there and 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 like the film. Like you said, it's 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 that sort of it, that groundswell of uh, of support, and and it generates more interest in the film. Once again, and uh, we'll close with this: that uh, the film is called "Who Will Write Our History." And we have been uh, honored again to have with us uh, the writer, producer, and director of the film, and that's Roberta Grossman. Roberta, thank you, thank so, you so much. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for the film. Okay, I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.